Welcome back. Welcome back to our second session of Make Me Over Miami. Okay, now what I'd like to discuss more about is how to maintain and have a very fulfilling, satisfying relationship. So we know that there are red flags immediately that go off that tons of times we just stick our head in the sand and we just decide to, oh, it'll go away, maybe is one of the thoughts, or, oh, I don't want to make a big deal about it. That is not the solution. But let me go over what some of these red flags are that usually occur. Um, arguing a lot, having disagreements, um, not talking to each other. You guys have ever seen couples where their silent treatment is going on, um, not only in the house, but as they go out in public. Those are huge red flags. Um, now to move more to the intimate levels, when there's some infidelity, possibly cheating, no sex, that's a big one. Um, as well as not sleeping together. I have a lot of couples who don't sleep together. And those are red flags. What ends up happening when we have these red flags? Usually, it's a lack of trust, no honesty, no intimacy, and no connection. If you have a relationship and we don't have any intimacy going on there, you know, I love to tell my couples, what does intimacy mean? Into me, you see. Now that's a relationship that a fair weather to test the time, no matter what comes or goes. So that ultimately becomes the goal of when I am doing my couples, our marriage and family counseling. Um, what, what are the influences? You know, a lot of people come in and they like to say, well, it's because of him and it's because of her. And, and I love to challenge that by saying, what if I told you it was not either of your fault. There is no cause or effect. What if I told you that it was because of the interactional cycle? And I know I have a lot of couples, they come in now, they're like, Wynette, please stop using all these really big words. Could you break it down for me? What does that mean? What are you talking about the interactional cycle? Well, the interactional cycle relates to how we are relating to each other. So what do I mean when I say that? I love to plant in our minds the thought of the infinity sign. How does the infinity sign go? It loops around once and it loops around twice. So that's the best way I can describe the interactional cycle. I'll break it down with an example. Come home from work, um, the wife is tired, she's really uh, had a long day, husband's at home, he's in the couch uh, watching TV, playing his video games, and she's expecting to get some type of greeting from him. But instead, he completely ignores her. So, wife enters the home, wife gets ignored, husband then, she starts getting upset, possibly argumentative, Husband then do what? Ignore her more. That's the interactional cycle that keeps the problem or the challenge in a relationship continuing more. So that's usually the root, and that's really simplifying it. But those are the t an example of what causes challenges in our relationship, if that makes sense. 
Now, moving on to some of the solutions. Um, that, that's one of the differences. I don't know, you guys have heard a lot about uh, the different type of mental health helpers. Um, the lens of couples or marriage and family therapists that are different is that we're very strength-based. So we're looking for solutions. So you won't find me or anyone possibly in my program at the school heavily focused on the problem. Now we do need to touch bases on what's going on, because that's the reality. We can't be the ones not sticking our head in the sand. But we don't want to spend a whole lot of time there, because you already know what's not working. The ultimate goal is to begin to say, what do I want to happen here? What are the solutions I'm looking for? So when we began exploring how to make over our relationships, okay, um, one of the things that is very important is no judgment, no blaming. Um, I love to let the couples know when you come in, you are in a safe place. There is no judgment here. And you know, you know how sometimes you're telling your story and this is all kind of intimate stuff. Like, oh my gosh, I feel vulnerable is what ends up happening. You begin to feel like, oh, I'm totally exposing myself. That's why it's so important for the couples or, or whoever, the family, the person, to feel like this is a safe place. You're going to be okay. It's all right. Okay? Um, another thing, a, a big suggestion that I highly recommend, if you're in counseling or if you're not in counseling, is the number one problem we see is communication. Can't talk. Did you guys ever hear, no communication is communication? Believe it, it is. So really being able to begin to learn how to match each other's communication style. You know, um, me personally, I'm a little bit more direct, um, very much, not, I wouldn't say offensive, but um, um, solution-oriented, uh, whereas uh, someone I'm dating a little bit more laid back, a little bit more passive, oh, relax, we'll do that tomorrow. So that could create problems <laughs> in a relationship. And being able to match that so that the person who's a little bit, usually what happens is the direct person would, it depends on the individuals, but they would end up um, trying to match and, and not, not being so um, focused on, I have to have it this way. And that's for both partners. So being able to match each other's uh, communication style. If it's very direct, then when you're talking to them, be direct. If it's very, um, I had a, a wife who she loved to say, for example, the concise example would be, I'm going to the grocery store to buy some groceries. That's concise, direct. She would love to say, oh, babe, I'm going to the grocery store, but on my way, I'm going to stop to Safeway. I got to go in there, and then I'm going to buy a red shirt. And he didn't want to hear all of that. So that was overwhelming him, that then she would feel like she's not being heard. But the reality are, was that they have different ways of communicating and to really begin to understand that, get on the same page and know that, no, my husband isn't ignoring me. He just would love to, he could receive it better if it's concise, if that makes sense. Um, another example 
of how we get to solutions is self-reflection. Gotta be willing to put that mirror up. You know that song, I'm looking at the man in the mirror and really be okay with it or just say yes. You don't have to be okay, just say yes. Um, if you're not okay, then you have us professionals there willing to help you get through the process. Um, a lot of times what's going on individually relates to family generational patterns. Um, maybe as you were growing up, the, uh, you saw your father uh, step out a lot. You know, he was barely home. So then we don't know, but what ends up happening is subconsciously that becomes our norm. That's, what, that's all we know. You can't do anything different if you don't know anything different. So just to become aware of that and then to begin to heal those type of wounds, that's just an example, okay? Um, as well as when you see individuals in relationship and, and one has less confidence or self-esteem. Well, how did that usually manifest? It usually manifests with, where are you? You not home yet? Oh, I know you out there doing something. And possibly that person isn't, but it has so much to do internally with needing to gain that confidence, which a lot of that comes from our upbringing as well, how confident we feel. Um, the, the last one I wanna kinda highlight with you, I don't know if you guys have heard about knowing each other's love language. Research has shown there's five very important love languages. And when we say love languages, we are saying basically the way individuals receive something and to them it means, yeah, you love me, okay? So um, one of them is gifts. So when your partner gives you gifts, if you were an individual whose love language was receiving gifts, 100%, there's no doubt he loves me, okay? Um, I'll go through them all and highlight them uh, one by one a little bit. Quality time is the second one. Words of affirmation is the third. Acts of service is the fourth. And physical touch is the fifth. Now here's the, I think, most important part to be aware of. If your love language is acts of service, but your partner's love language is verbal affirmations, what we come into relationships thinking is that, well, your love language should be my love language. Not knowing that you are you and I am me. So let me get to know you, right? So what ends up happening is if you're not getting the love language that is your preferred love language, you don't feel loved. Whereas your partner is thinking, oh, but I'm, doing, I'm giving you what means love to me, so what's wrong here? I can't make her happy. This is just so frustrating. And that's when we get the disappointments and just totally feeling like giving up. And ultimately, it does contribute to the divorce rate being so high. Um, um, that's why I do highly, highly invite all of us, the audience, our viewers, to get that help, get that assistance. Um, I wanted to highlight for you too, especially being a marriage and family therapist, as I stated, one of the differences is we don't diagnose. So we don't spend time um, really, really 
putting a, a label, you know, that, that's pretty much what we call it. Even though it's a medical model and I have full respect for it, um, when it comes to relationships, it only creates what? Blame. Oh, you got ADHD, that's what's wrong with you. So we see it as it's just not as beneficial when it comes to improving relationships, which is the goal of a family therapist, okay? If that makes sense for you. Um, also, another important factor about us is we are able to do couples, family therapy with just one person. Any questions like, how is that person? Couple is two, family is two or more. What are you talking about, Dr. Wynette? Well, it's the lens that we're taking. It's the particular questions that we're asking. You know, it, it's a lot of times, well, if you're the wife that has come in, what's going on at home? Tell me more about what's happening with your husband. Tell me more about how the kids are behaving. So it's all in the intention of the questions that are being asked. Um, so I, I highly recommend that if you do have any type of couples, relationship issues, definitely seek the assistance of a family therapist. And um, the last tip I want to leave you with is just really be willing to say yes. To be able to make that call is one of the most challenging things that a lot of, I, I notice my clients, um, I always like to greet them with that response of, I'm so proud of you, congratulations, because I know it took a lot of effort. So with that said, as I wrap up, um, I'd just like to leave you with my website. Um, feel free if you have any questions, no matter how small the question is, to reach out to me. It's A as in Apple, C as in cat, Aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E-L-L-C.com. Or you can email me at WynetteGreen um, at AC Aspire LLC. And um, my work cell is 305-244-8763. Thank you. to an A-type person dating a non-A-type person in terms of slowing them down? Whoa, what a really good question. And I, I hope everyone knows what Lonnie means when he say type A. It's that, that aggression, the aggressor. Oh, the one who's like, I gotta make it happen. It's gonna happen yesterday. And then passive aggressive. So we have passive aggressive, assertive, and then um, aggressive. So usually type A is between assertive and aggressive. It's along that continuum versus the other type, which could be the partner, which is more passive to um, assertive. What ends up happening is they have to find a way. First of all, he has to slow down, or she. So to answer your question, Lottie, um, you, the, that type A personality would need to slow down a little bit more. That's the hardest thing in the world because 
He wants an answer. He wants it now. He, he, let's do this. What's wrong with you? Come on. And insight is the first response I can give and awareness to that relationship moving towards being a very, very successful relationship. Insight to the fact that this is me. I'm a go-getter. But not to say that a passive, uh, uh, aggressive person is not a go-getter. They just obtain things differently. Usually they're very analytical, so they're thinking. The thinking is, is what slows down that type A personalities, which are usually impulsive. So there's benefits to both. What did I say? There's never any judgment, there's never any blame, there's never any right, and there's never any wrong. It's just a matter of now, slowing him down, and sometimes I do it just like this in sessions, to understanding, hearing what his partner's saying, allowing his partner to talk, and then responding. Responding and not reacting is very important. There's a difference between the two. Reacting is, oh my God, why did you do this? What's going on? It's very emotionally based. Responding, you thought about it, and now you have a response. That's usually what you'll get more on the passive, aggressive side, because they they thought about it before they're not going to say something. Does that answer your question? Yeah. We could, I can spend like a whole hour on it, but mm -hmm. okay, all right. Okay. Question is partly already answered by what you just said as far as responding yes. and reacting, because after being married for 26 years. Whoa, congratulations. Woo, woo, let's give her a hand, gang. 26 years of marriage, that's awesome. And, you know, being a woman that's almost 50 years old, Good. you know, it's hard when you're trying to communicate with your partner. Yes. And you've been knowing this person since you were a teenager. <laughs> and if you look at him sometimes and you just want to pop him upside the head because I need to understand what's going on in your mind. And he's not a person that talks a lot. Ah. So and I will. It's like, we're yeah, we're like, we're... We're combative sometimes because it's like, I need to know what you're thinking. But he always assumes that I'm thinking the worst when I'm not. Ah. So how do you fix that? I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, usually what's going on, and I, I, I am going to have to give some assumption. Um, um, first of all, congratulations. Over 20 years. That's phenomenal. Um, second of all, usually what's happening when we have a partner who's more talkative, the other one seems to intentionally, and it, it, it's probably just the way he's wired. He's not a heavy talker. But then what ends up happening is that if you're coming at him and you're like blasting him with questions, it could be as simple as questions mm -hmm. or to-do lists, it's going to shut him down more. And then he retracts more. So sometimes we think, being a talker, that I'm just going to, okay, I'm going to tell him again. And he's going to get it. I'm going to tell him again. All this is making it worse. I agree. So I stopped talking. And then he thought I was angry all the time. So I can't win. I love it. Because here, here's the difference. My suggestion would be to open up room so that he can express himself and his voice will be heard, which may look like not talking as much. And then, this is powerful too, you would need to bridge it. What do I mean when I say that? You need to say, babes, I'm gonna stop talking all the time. Guess what that's doing to him? That's taking accountability. 
that yeah, she know, oh my gosh, she drive me crazy. Which to him is like, she got my point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead. I talk, I heard this lady, she was talking, she said, let me just let you open up room, let you talk more. I guarantee you he'll take that step. He'll move in that space. You'll begin to slowly see the change that will make the relationship stronger. All right. Thank you guys. It was a